welcome to the first ever Nick Bradley Racing Podcast. Um, hopefully by now, Harry's played some fancy music at the beginning of this recording, and I'm sure we'll get a little bit at the end as well. And the idea being that we're going to try and enhance the owner's experience this year by doing the podcast, which basically is me rambling on about the horses that we've got running, what's run, what's going to run, but also discussing topics that are very relevant in terms of what's happening in the racing world at that time. Um, and the topics I want people to uh, mention, uh, kind of respond to the podcast and tell us what what, what you'd like me to discuss in uh, the weeks to come. Um, but the the first three or four topics I'll do today are ones that I think you know people would want to to hear about right now. So that's that. Um, and said so we're going to preview the runners. We're going to review the runners, um, and hopefully just give people bit of an insight into what's going on thought process that we go through etc etc so to start with we're going to have a look at the three-year-olds that we're going to have running on the track in april um now if your horse isn't mentioned here don't think oh, i won't be running in april um i'm going to kind of pick out the the flag bearers if you like the the higher rated horses um, and the ones that which I've got definite plans for in my mind right now. Um, so just going through the list. We're going to see Gilded um, probably in the Group 3 Siggy over in France on the 20th of April. She may get an entry in Bath uh, the week before on the 14th. But right now that filly's going really well. Um, we've got lots of three-year-old sprinters with Carl and other trainers that are kind of going to be targeting the same races this year. Couple of cars, we've got Gilded, Fast Response, Sophie Star, and Honey Sweet. We're going to try and keep them separate where we can. Um, there's also a case for targeting the weaker races, having more than one runner in a race actually enhances your chances rather than reduces your chances. Um, and if we if we do if we do try and split them up, then we can be a victim of a draw even in, in these five furlong races. So, for example, there's um there's a race at Bath. I think it's the Lansdowne Stakes on the 14th of April. If we send one horse there and it gets drawn 14 or 14, we may wish that we'd sent two and maybe got stole two or 14 and 14 or 14. Um, so we will be thinking carefully about which horses we enter where. So that's Gilded. Yeah, we'll see you at Bath uh, on the 14th, or more likely in France on the 20th in the Group 3. She is in serious form at home and is a horse myself and Carl are very, very excited about. Honey Sweet, uh, similar. Um, probably hasn't done as well as Gilded over the winter, but Gilded would be you know, a horse that's really, really thrived. Um, Honey Sweet would like to see go for a Guinness trial. Perhaps the Impudence in France on the 7th of April. That is an option. Um, but she's ready to run. Um, and she will be targeted at the Guinness trials and we'll try and pick up some more black type with her Corazon won't see her on the track in April but she's going well everything doing everything right and we'll be looking more at kind of June possibly May but June start for her Eldrick Jones up at Roger Fells um, in serious form at home and he is likely to start at Newcastle on the 15th of April in the listed bird and stakes it's the Kind of warm up act to the uh, all weather finals that follow it. Maspoda is in good form. She will be seen 
on the track in the first two weeks of April, probably Pontefract. Um, but we will. There's a couple other options that we'll we'll see. But I w wouldn't surprise me if she used to win in early April. Um, Kevin's very happy with her at the moment. Kabu, obviously go for where the finals day. Uh, I think uh, El Cabello will be hard to beat, but Kabu's obviously a you know a horse that's go there and take his chance, and he'd, it'd be probably the biggest danger to El Cabello uh, based on the horses that are qualified. Fast response, ready to run. We'll see her at Nottingham on the opening fixture. The conditions race there, and then she may go to Bath or to uh, France thereafter. Hello, my darling. She's had her knees medicated, so she's going to have a little uh, two-week break, and then she's going to be seen uh, possibly at Chelmsford on 28th in the Chelmsford Stakes. Um, she, we may even consider Bath. I need to check my dates on that one. Lucia Joy. Uh, Philly, we accepted an offer for from South America. She passed the vet, but there was a couple of question marks. They, um, they tried to get a lower price, and we actually said, no, we'll, we'd rather keep her, and we'll, we'll carry on with her. She'll be seen at Wolverhampton, first week of April. Uh, she'll be very hard to beat, and from there, we will aim high. Sophie Starr, been a little bit of a madam, um, but she is probably two to three weeks off a run, and we may see her at Bath or at Nottingham. Al Kareem, we had entered up at Doncaster. He is going well, uh, in very good form at home. I just felt the Doncaster race was um, strong enough, and I thought if we waited another couple of weeks, there's actually a race at Nottingham on the sixth, which is not eighty rather than not a ninety. If you think about the horses that are three now, um, if you get if they if had three runs and rated eighty to ninety, they're likely to be highly exciting horses that have won well in maidens and novices and showed a huge level amount of form because the handicapper has pretty much as much as they can give them running in maidens and novices the race at Nottingham's not to 80 so here he'll be running against horses rated in the 70s and those are typically typically for horses that have won their maidens or novices um, or placed maybe a couple of times in maidens and novices so it's a slightly different grade of, of, of horse and some people out there would say, yeah, but what about the handicaps? You'd, you'd be top weight in one rather than you'd be bottom weight in the other. Well, that is the case. But in terms of exposure, the horses at Doncaster will be far more unexposed and far more chances of being superstars than the horses who've only just won their maidens, only just won their novices, or even placed in the maidens and novices at two. So that's the thinking behind him going to Nottingham. And... That's that's pretty much the, the three years that we'll see out in April. There's some some other ones we will see on the track, but those will be the the flag bearers, if you like. And then the two year olds, we're going to see uh, the Twilight Lady, the Roger Fell filly. She'll go to Beverly. No, she won't. She'll go to Ripon um, in fan, probably the final week of April. Um, she's worked once, not worked since, but went well enough. Um, she'll have another cup a piece of work and then we'll get her on a track clear to land which is a dragon pulse at george bowie's and Borging, which is the galileo gold filly at george bowie's both of those horses are due to work tomorrow clear to land second piece Borging's first piece um, and we'll see both of those on the track in april all being well um, running in two-year-old filly zoning races um 
the Xenic Excelsilite George is, is also not far behind those two, probably more of a May type, um, maybe slightly classy, we'll see, um, but she will, she'll be one that'll be uh, soon running just behind those two, in terms of dates anyway. Um, at Stuart Williams, we've got the Expert Eye Philly, a filly that he likes a lot. Um, she has done everything right so far. We could see her on the track in late April. Lake Marie, the Pedro the Great filly at Carl's. He was um, wondering whether we should be running her at Redco on the 4th of April. I said, let's hang fire. She'll actually go for a race course gallop on the 30th. The gallop was off, then it was sorry, on, then it was off, and now it's back on again. So she'll go up to Newcastle and she'll have a race course gallop um, middle of next week. Havana Gray Philly, she's not far off um, being ready to work, and we could see her on the track in the second half of April. Sideways Shift, another Philly showcase, and she's been going well, um, and she is one that we could see on the track in the second half of April. Bojink, who I've mentioned, I expect her to debut in April. She would be a good benchmark to compare a horse against, because she was a horse that Talio was going real well, and um, therefore she's going to work with the Dragon Pulse tomorrow. It will give George a bit of a sight in terms of the ones that have, he's had all the way through, compared to a horse that's, that's, that's come in. Dabs in Philly, but Carl Burt, she's a filly that he likes a lot. We could see her in late, late out late April. Um, physically, she doesn't look like an April sort, but she's doing everything very easily at the moment. The acclaimed filly at Tim Easterbys will see her on the track. Um, she's probably going to go to Beverly on the 22nd. Um, that's pretty much it. The Kodiak filly, we could, we could see her out in April, but more likely May. So probably going to have six or seven runners on the track in April, two-year-old wise, which is plenty enough for this time of year. Um, and obviously, when May comes around, we'll, we'll probably have probably double that. So we're now going to change tack to look at some of the broader racing topics. And obviously, tomorrow's the start of the flat season, both in England and Ireland. Doncaster, we've got ground that's probably likely to be good come race time so you would imagine you would or you certainly would expect you to have large fields um but we haven't got large fields but they're rather small fields um this has to be a function of prize money levels and issues within racing i would say um obviously you've got the 22 runner lincoln and then the horses that don't get in the lincoln qualify for the spring mile and as long as I can remember, we've had maximum fields in both. Well, this year we've got a 22 runner Lincoln. Which has got a top weight of 108, as you'd expect. But a bottom weight of 82. Which is the last thing you'd expect. In years gone by, I've known that to be as high as 96. So the group of horses that are ready and in this country and ready to go for a race, a handicap which carries 50,000 to the winner has got smaller. 
wise he got smaller people have left racing these horses have been sold abroad price a lot of people do not a lot of people some people um, choose to boycott Doncaster because of uh, the levels of price money available that track for example um, the, the not to 90 that Al Kareem could have run in I think it's 11 grand on offer or down the road at Newcastle at Nottingham the week after the not to 80 there's a similar level of prize money the not to 90 should carry more prize money than not to 80 um, so that's that and then at Spring Mile has attracted a grand total of nine runners I mean I've never known this. This is um, this is hugely worrying for the industry as a whole. You've got a top weight of 85 and a bottom weight of 72 in a race that's whew, the bottom weight would normally be 85. 23 grand to the winner and it's attracted a field of nine with horses as low as in their 70s getting in. Um, I deliberately choose to avoid kind of four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old handicaps unless they are. Um, we're having. I avoid having those horses in training, generally because the entry fees for the race are so high. When you're running the handicaps, large fields, you get your turn. You don't necessarily know when your turn's going to be, uh, but you get your turn, um, and then you have to wait a long while for your next turn. Um, uh, I just think the two-year-old and three-year-old program is so much more appealing um, and it's got so much more benefits to the owner, which is why I've chosen to focus on two- and three-year-olds. Um, maybe everybody else has, but they didn't. They didn't certainly didn't last year. Um, so, yeah, you, in terms of the future of horse, British horse racing, that is, is, is a, it's a big concern looking at these field sizes. There's a four-runner listed race. I mean... It's okay, I'm almost lost for words. I w yeah, I hope hopefully it's it's a one off and, and things will improve as the season goes on, but it's not it's not what you'd like to see. It's certainly not a thriving industry that we're that we're operating in. Anyway, so that's that's Doncaster Race on the as a whole. But the opening race on the card is the Bucklesby. So if anybody doesn't know what the Bucklesby is, it's the opening two-year-old race of the season. This year, actually, there'll be one held in Ireland 10 minutes after the Bucklesby. Um, it's for two-year-olds. Obviously, everything's unraced, um, and everything's coming straight from the, from the sales ring via the trainers, obviously, to race in this race. It's a conditions race. Um, it's a conditions race basically because the stature of the race is seen to be slightly higher than a maiden or a novice. It certainly has been in some years gone by. I see the Doncaster offering a grand total of £6,000 to the winner. Um, and they've attracted a good spread of... Well, no, in fact, a huge spread of horses to run in this race. Um, English system at the moment, we've got the restricted races where... You're pretty much going in £18,000 brackets. It used to be 15000 last year. It's pretty much 18000 now. So 18, 36, 54, 72. Um, this race has attracted horses that are running for 1500 that cost 1500 quid. And then there's one in there that costs 225000 Um So it's a huge cross section of the yearly market. 
Um, obviously, this race is um, our first opportunity to see two-year-olds by first season sires. We look through the list. We've got an expert call running for Ian Williams. We've got a couple of Havana Greys running for Brett Johnson and Bill Turner. Bill Turner's obviously been linked to this race. Um, I wouldn't have put Bill Turner down as a prolific two-year-old trainer by any means, but this is a race he always tries to win. Um, in previous years, he's found it harder and harder. Um, I think he's going to struggle again this year. Um, basically because there is some higher end horses in there racing against him. I did read a piece the other day that he was still riding out at the age of 75, um, which isn't ideal. I don't think there's many trainers who be doing that around the country. Um, so, yeah. But the, the market leader is the um, Richard Hannon trained ammo racing on Persian Force, the Mamas Colt, brother to Gubas, who was obviously a very good two-year-old last year. That will surely set the standard and should be hard to beat. Looking at some of the other pedigrees, there's a couple here that I recognise um, from the sales. We've got Princess Banu, number six, Claudeville Colt. Princess Banu was a very fast uh, two-year-old filly. Um, she would be one that should be ready this time of year. And there's a, the Eve Johnson Horton horse. She managed to win it last year with Chipotle. Um, she's running a brazen boat call out of Savan Savage, who was the mare that I bought and sold. Um, picked up cheaply out of John Gosden's yard and sold her in full carrying, to, carrying this this two-year-old. Um, I messaged Eve earlier on in the week, will I regret selling her? And the response was, I hope so. So she's obviously carrying a little bit of confidence into the race. We could have entered some of our two-year-olds in this race, but it's just not a, it's not a race I particularly want to win. The reason being, if you win here, I think the next next race you can go for is probably four weeks away, and it just doesn't make any sense to go aim too high to begin with, because then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot for the next month in terms of race planning. Um, but that'd be interesting watching field size of thirteen. So that would be that would be typical of, of Doncaster. But you know, the box will be years gone by. And then over in Ireland we've got the opening race of the cover card with the game for two year olds. Ten minutes later. So over in Ireland we've got two year old race which just gets us going. Um, interesting horse in the race number three for me, Fossil Speed. Horse that cost a few quid, and again, it's an ammo racing horse. Um, I don't know what's happened this year, but in previous years, certainly in the last couple of years, these horses have been prepped over in Ireland and then shipped to their trainers. Um, and I would have a feeling that these two that are running in England and Ireland will be the most forward of the cohort. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if either both would win or, or, or neither would win. Um, so I would be, in terms of, and we were thinking about having a bet on the two-year-olds, 
I would be having a small each way wind double on forceful speed and the Richard Hannon horse in the Bucklesby because if one wins chances are the odds on the other one is going to plummet and I would also expect the second one to win uh, this time of year it very much comes down to what the trainers have done with them and where they are in their their curve um, so for example many trainers have chosen not to enter horses in these races and they could have done but they're trying to peak later think about later in the season, that season a bit like what I'm trying to do by I don't really want to run any in the first three or four weeks of the season or not many anyway um, and I'm a racing last year to del deliberately target the early races so that's what I'd be recommending in terms of a, a bet I see there's the Kingman filly out of Finskill B.O. in there that was a half a million through the sales ring but when you click on it it's it's been retained by the breeder so it may have been sold and then returned on a an issue like weaving or wind sucking or box walking it may have failed the wind test afterwards i don't know it may but it may have done or it may have just been decided that the the agent was acting on behalf of the breeder in the sales ring and at half a million pound he decided to keep it um she was a net very nice filly if memory serves um so she's obviously going to put up a little bit of competition but i would be very keen on number three forceful speed my, my final topic of conversation this week is the Cheltenham festival um obviously again irish dominated the last four or five years i've been backing ireland to outperform uk in the Presby cup this year the odds were something like 12 to 1 or 14 to 1 on for ireland so it's no surprise to see the irish come out in front but in fairness the english did perform to a level higher than you would ex than they may be expected as when the meeting started uh willie mullins obviously had a great meeting with 10 winners um you would you would imagine god would be a little bit disappointed only coming up coming back with two given the team he sent over and the confidence he had in them going into the race into the meeting um it's a national hunt racing it's um it's great to watch and it's a Cheltenham festivals you know it's spectacular i saw lots of people complaining about the price of gin and tonics and pints of guinness and accommodation and car parking and getting in and given there were seventy thousand people there um there must have been various overcrowding issues um happening and yeah when i was a little bit younger i was mad keen to get there and we used to go to london a couple of weeks before the meeting and start getting our bets on because there's obviously more but makers in london than there is near where i live um yeah i mean it was a great spectacle um and obviously entry and the dublin festival you know also huge huge national hunt events there you know great for the sport um it's just a little bit becoming a little bit polarized by the in terms of who's winning these races now um which is a bit of a shame